five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Sit, Poem podcast, your premier podcast covering both the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually, as always, by Omni at Omni Strength and Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam, the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast and the sole host making the trip to Toronto for the playoffs in the grand final. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Very, very cool. It's kind of this game that we're about to cover, I just thought that it might be the last, you know, battle for Canada ever in the Overwatch League. Yeah. Just hit me like that. I hadn't thought of that. It, <laughs> well, okay. There's a, there's playoff implications involved and, and play-ins and, and what have you. So there, there could be more. Yeah. Sure. Right? Sure. Sure. There should sure. be more. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll recap the the Battle of Canada 2.0. Uh, we have a better ish, and I say ish sort of liberally idea of what the meta is. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. what we thought it was going to be last week. Um, in fact, the meta seems to be dependent on the team uh, more than anything, which is interesting. We haven't had that type of sort of differentiation um, since the period in between you know, goats and whatever the heck came out. Double shield, I guess it would have been after goats. Gross. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, the league is, is starting to wind down. A team has been thanked for their service and, uh, the playoffs or at least play-ins are, are fast approaching. Uh, speaking of which, so is the payload. Let's start pushing it. Moving the payload. Join me. I just want to, you know, spoiler alert, let it be known that the Vancouver Titans ruined a perfect weekend for Pickums in the West for me. I just want to be known. <laughs> Did you have any double points bet on this weekend? No, no, I, I got to do it this weekend. I, I should have because there was there's some obvious yeah. three Overwatch potential. Yeah, um, there were some gimmies this weekend. Yeah. Wish I hadn't blown mine in week four. Yeah. But thanks for reminding me. I'll make sure I, I do it uh, <laughs> today. But uh, no, with the, uh, you know, the Vancouver Titans lost to the Toronto Defiant. Um, you know, thinking back to what we were talking about last week, we had said going into the break, the Titans were the better team. And if the meta were to go back to the way it was, the Vancouver Titans would be better at it. Mm-hmm. The meta that we saw both teams embrace was different. And if I were to sort of summarize, you had the Titans who seemed to be uncomfortable with quite a bit of what's going on and Toronto who came out of the break with an attitude of, we do two things. Well, we chew gum and we kick a little, uh, butt and it appears they were all out of chewing gum or at least Hydron was cause that's a Duke Nukem, uh, line. No, or it just was referenced there as well. No, it's, it's a line from, Oh gosh, what was the the OG? It's It's a movie. so it was a movie that Roddy Rowdy Piper, a WWE wrestler from back in the day, <laughs> oh was the guy that said the line. Apparently it was ad libbed. Oh, I can't oh, remember. Oh, wow. I That's know. I can't think of the movie was too. Yeah. But it was, well, let's, oh, wait, wait, it's something about like aliens. He puts on glasses and he can yeah. see them for who they really are. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, they disguised as people. He puts on sunglasses yeah. and he sees them. The aliens from the people. Yeah. Anyway. The young people listening to our podcast are like, wow, these guys are just boomers. And that might be true, 
<laughs> but the boomers that listen to our show, they know exactly, exactly. what you're talking about. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, that uh, that match. So uh, the Vancouver Titans uh, rolled out with a, I don't know. Dive meta? Yeah, yeah dive clump. Yeah, and and the Toronto Defiant uh, instead came out with uh, a somewhat dive with a little bap and a lari action right. to More, amplify the damage. I remember this was uh, referred to as the um, build building uh, sort of um, comp where you have the torp turret, the the ilari turret, and also the disco ball might be there. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, something like I, I like the word that you used there with uncomfortable for for Vancouver. Like it, they went into a comp that fully counters them and it seemed like they either didn't have anything else to show or they didn't realize it until it was too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean, we did see the Vancouver Titans make adjustments in in match like they were doing different things but when i was talking to a, a buddy about this i had said that toronto is just pumping out damage to the extent that vancouver can't support like vancouver could not outheal the damage that toronto was was dealing um and i don't know if it comes down to what seemed to be faith not really feeling comfortable in his role um, with what he was expected to do. Like he actually didn't look too bad when, when they brought out Lucio, but mm-hmm. we also saw him go to Brig a few times for, I don't exactly know what, like, it's not like there was a dive on Crimzo. Yeah. Hydron was, you know, <laughs> taking wood tier, you know, crouch crawling around the map on old man <laughs> legs, which just is great to see that the pros do it too. But like, what's Brig going to do with soldier? You know, poking Not from much. distance. No, Not right? Much. Like, and we saw substantial pick uh, drop, pick rate drop on both of these heroes throughout the league too. Mm-hmm. They just don't work as they used to. Um, yeah. Multiple factors also on Elios: the fact that uh, Kaluge is looking very happy that he doesn't have to play Winston that mm-hmm. much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks really good on the Orisa. And of course, we we heard at Scrimbucks uh, that Sermajid is a very good I- I- Ilari, and, and he is. Yeah, we saw that and then some. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Ultraviolet on BAP. Yeah. Uh, if, if, and this was, it was, it was an interesting sort of coordination between us and Jet, is that if at any point in time, uh, you know, the Titans, like Punk, did try to dive quite a bit. You had Sugar Fee try and harass the back line. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultraviolet was able to strategically use a lamp to create that survivability, and Sir Majed was able to then pop out enough heal in that moment to allow for that recovery, mm-hmm. um, where you'd have Kaluge come in in clean house or, or what have you. Uh, Toronto, though, they looked committed to that meta, so much so that it felt to me that they were playing with their food somewhat uh, hmm. when we went to uh, uh, New Junk City. Oh boy, jumping ahead like, to New Junk City. Well, yeah, I mean, we <laughs> but no, but like you know, like that's how confident they are. And I mean, if we yeah. think back to what we've always said, where has Toronto always had success? It's when they've had that confidence and that swagger. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And Which they, a lot they of had in spades on Ilios. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of it comes down to compatibility with, with their uh with the meta that currently they run. Um Vancouver like always seem to be throwing weird things, never trying to go mirror in like at least the t- first two maps. Mm-hmm. Uh Sugar Free he did a lot uh, on the Genji for sure. That he's probably the reason why we weren't uh, why Vancouver weren't swept to begin with. Uh but Toronto they they just like better um they played i think faith also tried the life uh weaver a little bit i don't know how much well, on, time he really played on that on numbani the second map well we saw the titans do all sorts of crazy on numbani mm-hmm. yeah and toronto seemed comfortable vancouver did not uh he sang was constantly like uh picked uh punk was picked quite a lot and another thing that became really apparent to me is that we always, at the beginning of the season and halfway and through the season, we always spoke about He Sang and Sugar Free sharing, you know, sort of a hero pool uh, between them. Uh, the problem arises is when, you know, a hitscan meta might come and, mm-hmm. and it came. They always were trying to do those projectile heroes and like, Mm-hmm. While Hydron was playing uh, and, and thriving on the sol- a soldier, they never seemed to be able to go there comfortably. Well, I, I so I agree with you to an extent because he sang did switch over to legs. And at yeah, the moment I, that he does this, that actually took a lot of the value that Hydron was getting on the long, you know, roundabout flanks right. um, from play because he sang was returning the favor. And so mm-hmm. there was, to me, that mirror didn't necessarily mean that he sang was going to win the battle, but like Hydron and Nimbadi essentially got to stand wherever he wanted on the map. He was always behind the around. support line and you're right. Punk would drop, but I think this comes down to the fact that Toronto, they were just pumping out pure damage. Is this, um, is this when Kaluj was also, he's, he was on Sigma at one point. For, oh yeah. Yeah. For yeah, and, yeah. And we know that Sigma is a, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say Kaluj is, got to be at least top three sigmas in the league yeah it was always on the, the sigma on right? Bonnie, i think like even in the past meta you know the uh circuit royale the traditionally the sigma map was like mm-hmm. the one map yeah. you could count on toronto winning um we did see a little bit of diva as well from punk on uh, New yeah Bonnie. i wanted him to, to try and match maybe the sigma he never mm-hmm. did and the interesting thing is we did see them both on D.Va back on uh, Ilios as well, right? We saw Kaluj and Punk on D.Va, and I think they both they both played pretty on well. House, but yeah. D.Va is also a, a you know a, a tank that traditionally Kaluj is pretty well known for. Um, yeah. It's almost a shame because Vancouver's not the only team that's also playing Genji or that played Genji this past weekend. And Genji's a fun hero to watch, but and and like you say, Alex, you know, it seemed like Sugar Free at, at times was sort of the reason that Vancouver was able to stay in it. Um, right. But it's almost too bad that, you know, the rest of the team isn't doing as well as Sugar Free because Genji could, you know, get some really impressive plays and things like that. But he's a well, little stifled right now. Well, we saw, so on Ilios, we saw the Nano go on to Hisang in his Echo. We saw that mm-hmm. happen a number of times very little value because mm-hmm. he's saying wasn't able to to stay out in the open mm-hmm. uh, to deal damage and he couldn't get those instant picks because a lamp would go up a lamp a healing right, you know, much more turret, tanky. 
right? Like it yeah. just, and then he had to, he had peace out. So you could almost see the Titans like, okay, this is not working. So now what they start doing, they started saving the nano for the blade. But as they sort of discussed on the uh, broadcast, Toronto had absolutely no answer to a blade. Mm-hmm. Like all that sugar free needed to do was to delete the lamp, which mm-hmm. he had no issue doing. And he would get w- at least one or two picks. In fact, number of times with the nano, he got four, mm-hmm. but to me, that Nano would have been better suited to have thrown on to Punk. Yeah. Right? Like, it is, especially Probably. when he when he's, you know, diving in as, as Monkey to to get that dam, you know burst of damage earlier. And the, even give, if he doesn't get the kills, Surger Free is likely going to mop up. Give that little extra burst of survivability to Punk so that, mm-hmm. you know, he, he can kind of, I mean, tank, literally. He can yeah. be in the way. He can hold his own a little bit longer was, on his own while well, well, Sugar yeah. Free or he's saying clean up kind of thing. Toronto had, you know, essentially no pot, no sleep. All it was was a lamp and a yeah. turret yeah. and the ability to live through the amount of damage that they're they're coordinating onto sort of a singular target. Um, well, turret is very pesky. They they spend so much like resources and time just to take care of it because when you like, you know, here run heroes like Genji, like like echo it's really tough to you know maneuver and move about mm-hmm. because it chips at you non nonstop yeah. the the thing about numbani though and i'm i'm genuinely curious why do the titans come out with the defense that they do what did they come out with on overtime sorry on overtime, yeah, they mm. had the was weird a, uh, sim tour, a uh, sim and um, sim bastion thing, bastion junker queen, I'm calling the junker queen, mm-hmm. a gamble, I guess. But yeah, like only two minutes for Toronto. They they should have tried something else, maybe. Well, to me, like the uh, they got they got full held, so like they actually had an ability to draw this map. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, to me, why not go bunker? They did kinda, um, well, but not with the, the the. I don't know if the punk was the right choice there. Um, junk, maybe uh, junker queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the that was like because what ultimately happened is the moment Toronto got that first pick, and I want to say it was he sang that they they dropped. It was it was a done deal because now you have four titans having to hold a point. Yeah. Hydron just you know running around the map. Mm-hmm relocating yeah. to create the crossfire hydron just ran around always like poking from long distance and they couldn't really do much no yeah i think i think they if it was he saying that went down first then they identified that you know he sang on the bastion needed to go because he was in theory meant to be the counter to either either hydron or spectra um you know sugar freeze on on sim so you have to kind of think those turrets are hopefully going to make an impact on echo as it comes in with uh, spectra, which just means he sang on, on bastion is going to be going after hydron who was going on those flanks, right? That was, that was something yeah. hydron did a number of times is he would circle yeah. around well, and just sneak every, up and every map. Exactly. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it just didn't, didn't seem to work out for Vancouver. It's even tougher when you only need to, you know, cap just one tick. Yeah, no. I, soldiers I, just can step on, step off, step on, step yeah. off, and mm-hmm. the moment you're like not there, that's it. That's game over. Yeah. yeah. the The thing about you know their attack though in that overtime is that they came out with what did not work well, 
on the initial tack uh, the first time around. I presume the void is trying to to consume you. No, that wasn't on my end, actually. <laughs> oh, the void's trying to consume Jordan. That was the stampede of dogs on the floor above yeah. me. <laughs> oh, that's um, cute. The Vancouver Titans on the money attack, it took a while to capture the point, but once they were escorting, they were far more aggressive. Uh, and Toronto really wasn't able to, to eat into that clock until they got the spawn advantage near the end. And that allowed them to slow it down sufficiently. Vancouver obviously yeah. fewer times. It was also very, very scrappy. Every fight just went like pick here, pick there, pick yeah. here, pick there. It was crazy. Yeah. But that, that attack, like I just feel like the Vancouver Titans saw that it did not work as effectively the first time around Mm. but rolled it back again without really any real adjustments and toronto well all we need to do is burn a minute which they they had no problem doing right i just again i if we consider like what is the big difference here to me if yeah hydron was able to you know run around uh could get killed they just anytime got into trouble run away Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Kaluge playing on a comfort hero, but really what it came down to to me is the big difference was Sir Majid and Ultraviolet diffed Crimson and Faith. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say earlier as well. It's, it feels like with the previous meta with Crimson on, on Anna and, uh, Faith on the Brig, it was kind of the perfect meta for that support line to really pop off. And yeah. now, obviously, we're still seeing a little bit of Ana. Um, you know, I know Twilight played a little bit of her still. Um, Twilight also played Ilari a little bit. Uh, but Rico. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it just kind of feels like that was the perfect meta for that particular backline, the Faith and Crimson combo kind of thing. But now <laughs> that most teams are moving away from that, right. uh, they're, they're a little bit out of luck. You can also say that on the uh, to the same extent to the DPS line. Maybe Punk not as like perfect fit on the the Winston, but the yeah. Sombra Tracer thing yeah. is worked really well for the Titans. I remember even uh, uh, who was it? It was Baroy on on a podcast who said like, ah, we wouldn't mind it, you know, staying yeah, the same because yeah. we we were clicking on this one and it works really mm-hmm. well. And here it seems like not struggles going as well yeah. yeah yeah so new junk city as i mentioned earlier the titans won this map they actually won it cleanly mm-hmm. yeah yet toronto rolled out what they had been essentially using all along um the i believe they threw in some reaper they threw in some hanzo if i recall a bit but but they did not bring out the lucio which you know is difficult to play without on mm-hmm. a map where you're constantly having to transit between points or from spawn to a point that's ticking up at a significant right. rate. This felt for Vancouver to be a map that allowed them to stick to that comfort. They looked real good, but then Toronto didn't make those adjustments that one would think they would even try, which is why I wonder, like, were they playing with food at this point? Were they mm. so confident in their abilities that they're like, okay, we're going to continue to focus on what we have here. Right. And we know if we go to new queen street, that's a, that's a comfortable map for us to, to get back to where we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the first round was, was uh, very close. Honestly, I'm just going back in the video here a little bit. I believe Toronto actually brings it up to 
Yeah, was, they, they get in like the 90s 99. before, uh, before yeah. Vancouver brings it up there as well. So it was very competitive. Um, Punk playing the Zarya was a little bit interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The counter to the Orissa. Yeah, and, and I mean, like you say, Toronto just, other than um, other than Hydron on, on legs, Toronto just playing, it's, it's a very slow comp. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess I guess Torbjorn has his little speed boost thingy, but yeah, Kaluge that's not going to win the stuck. point for yeah, you though. Exactly. With a you know a little short guy, yeah, yeah. running Those little in, legs, spamming bingo, exactly. Um, but yeah, Van- Vancouver asking you to try his meatballs. Vancouver looked, uh, I think, good because they were doing their own thing. They they had he sang on Soldier, um, which kind of begs the question: Why wasn't he playing Soldier? You know, previously. Um, sugar free sticking to the Genji. I think that is relatively fine. Again, we've seen other teams playing Genji, uh, this past weekend and everything like that. Um, and then, yeah, having the Lucio in because of that sort of transit, uh, that is required on this, this, uh, game type seems like a good idea. Um, but I do get what you're saying. Cause Toronto still had those pretty decent pop-off moments. Um, you know, Kaluj at one point, I think he gets a three K with, uh, the Arisa yeah, ultimate, um, which you don't ever see. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, somewhat, at least in my matches, somewhat rare. Um, but we don't see often in, uh, in the Overwatch League either, right? Mm. Um, in terms of ultimates, it's usually one of the ones that's, I'd say a little more, a little easier to get away from kind of thing. Well, in theory, the Titans could have survived it if uh, Faith pops the beat. He True. had it, yeah. right? Like, it, and that's not to suggest that it wasn't discussed in the moment. And well, like, they obviously didn't need to, right? Let's hold it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the Titans, if they had momentum from New Junk City, they did carry it into New Queen Street initially. But you saw Hydran start running to the opposite side of where the fight happened to be <laughs> taking place. Yeah. Uh, and the Vancouver Titans simply had no answer to that. On top of the fact that you now have uh, Kaluge getting back into this this comfort pick uh, and functionally preventing support. Like when Faith was on Lucio, at least he was able to go up with Punk and provide some support. But when he goes to Brig, now he's just hanging out with Crimzo and like, what's Punk to do? Search for health packs? And Faith did come out on Lucio to start he, this. And Punk did, stuck with Zarya as well, right? Like yeah. they, they, they clearly, I think, well, maybe thought they had something going after winning, uh, uh, what the heck was new junk city. Um, yeah. and they kind of stuck with it. They did abandon it pretty quick. Like it's only a minute in and punk has switched to the dive, um, with faith still on the Lucio. But at that point, Toronto's already got a lead. Yeah. And uh, why doesn't he saying run legs? I guess, you know, is there's a comfort thing? He is on legs right now. I'm about two minutes into the match. He's on legs. Sugar yeah, still on Genji. he was, but but I think he, he switches off if I recall. Well, that and that's when it like when these switches occur, Toronto then just takes over. And anytime the Vancouver Titans were to win a fight, Toronto reengages uh, underneath the the subway, and the Titan like the Titans had no ability to outheal the damage output, right? Drop a window. Oh, well back yeah. off. That's free real estate. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, punk goes diving in to try to get the kill lamp. And now punk. All right. Well, jump back out. Cause there's no heels coming through because Kaluge is 
making that not like it just again it, like the Vancouver Titans choices it felt it felt akin to what we would see previously we've got a game plan we're going to stick to it mm. and if there's one thing we have seen them do in all this season where it's been successful is make adjustments when hey this isn't working maybe this is not what we were expecting how do we counter yeah and we didn't really see that here. And, you know, I, I talked about uncomfortability. Faith, like if you watch his face cam, it's almost like he's confused. <laughs> like what Like what hero should I choose? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. You know, it's a short period of time to try and figure out the meta right. without them also changing it after, you know, initially mm. introducing it. Yeah. Right. Although it wasn't a drastic change. Um, yeah. You know, and like you, you could take everything you just said here, completely reverse it and apply it to Toronto who looked so comfortable and in their element. Uh, so it's really tough because, it's not like two teams that are trying to like struggle with this uh, new approach to the game, but one really doesn't like it and one does like it. So it's like mm-hmm. really tough matchup, I guess, yeah. for, for um, Vancouver. But credit to Toronto. I mean, they got the dub. They needed it. Right. Like they needed that that win to give themselves <clears throat> security into the, the postseason, which they they now have. Uh, they have locked into the play-ins and it's also, I think, a sign to other teams that they have to take the defiant seriously. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't the defiant that you might've been able to toss around in, you know, the earlier stages of the season. This is a team that has figured things out. So I think the real test sort of comes into what we see this weekend. Now, Toronto is taking on a Washington justice team that did not look good. I'd have to think that based on the performance we saw this weekend or this last weekend, Toronto wins this cleanly. Whereas Vancouver is taking on the Excelsior. And while I think Vancouver takes it, I'm not comfortable in saying that. New York didn't look great either. They lost three zero to the Glads. Um, I'd but- like to think that they, should be winning this 3-1 at the very least. If they struggle against NYXL, then we definitely know that, oh my goodness, now it's it's time to panic uh, going into the play-ins. Because Toronto might just be very, very good. Um, and not just like your average team anymore. I actually have this as a 3-0 for Vancouver. Um, and I made my picks last night. I, I think that... Hmm. I think that New York is struggling more so than than uh, Vancouver. They looked worse in their match against LA than I think Vancouver mm-hmm. looked against Toronto. Now, LA seemed to have or seems to have, you know, found their groove again, if you will. Um, they had a pretty stellar match. But I'm pretty confident. I guess I'm very confident <laughs> given that I put it a three Oh, uh, that Vancouver takes this. I could see it being a three one. Um, you know, we know that New York has had some strong players in the past, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Vancouver comes out on top. Yeah. Shock wave might mm-hmm. get a map. <laughs> well, okay. So Vancouver's in like Vancouver and Toronto, they've clinched the play-ins 
And I believe if the Titans and Defiant were to find themselves in the tie, I believe the event for Titans would have the edge um, based on Hibbergs. But again, I'm sort of guessing based on faulty memory here. Yeah, I don't think but, there's a way that Toronto can pass Vancouver in the standings no. right now. But the New York no. Excelsior are not. And I feel that New York is in a position where for them, they need to win. Yeah. And they have to look at, okay, the Justice are likely not going to beat Toronto. So to me, New York knows they can't leave this in the hands of another team and will come out playing a little more aggressively because what else is there to lose at this point? I mean, that's the concern because like Vancouver didn't look so mm-hmm. good against Toronto. You're right. Maybe Toronto is a world beater now because of this meta. But I feel like this is, the, I'm not comfortable. Like again, mm-hmm. if you had asked me prior to this, there was no way that Vancouver is questionable against New York, but mm-hmm. I still give it to them. I'm just not comfortable yeah. about it. Well, see, and that's the interesting thing about the standings right now is the nine through 11 positions in the West are all fighting for their life. New York is six and nine. Washington is six and nine. LA is six and nine. Gladiators, of course. All three of those teams are facing off this weekend against Vancouver, against uh, Boston, and against Toronto. I would say none of those three teams are favored, but they're all fighting for their life. Boston loses a match, definitely doesn't matter. They're, they're, They're already in, right? Toronto and Vancouver want to probably win because they have, you know, had... I would say Toronto especially has had struggles. Uh, Vancouver, maybe not as much, but they're not that far ahead in the standings. They're eight and seven. You know, they've maybe lost less in a row compared to Toronto. I think Toronto had a couple wins early on, then had a string of uh, losses. Um, But I think that that nine through 11 position, like all of those teams are fighting for their lives. And Washington is the team that plays Toronto. So they want to win that too, right? Um, I truly, between New York and Washington, they have one map differential separating the two of them. That's it. Well, and again, like sort of in that scenario, I thought we would talk about it in the fray, but I I guess I opened that door. Um, (laughs) So the Los Angeles Gladiator situation is they lose, they're out. New York and Washington are in. There's nothing that can can change that. Mm -hmm. If LA wins, they're not guaranteed to be in. Right. Without a loss of either the Excelsior or the Justice. Do both of them not need to lose? Oh, I guess. No, like, because then if they go to seven and nine. Yeah, they immediately jump. They have a better record, right? Yeah, yeah. So we know here that Washington is likely losing to Toronto. I think that is a very safe bet. Do you think that's a safer bet than New York, uh, Vancouver? You do, eh? Yes. Because I think... I think previous meta, <coughs> but that's not was, previous. This is, I wouldn't have previous yes. meta. We're not confident. This meta, we <laughs> yeah, Toronto played. Enough. That's, that's the, that, that difference. Right. One match. Fair enough. To me, that's the sure thing. So yeah, yeah. if you're LA, I mean, again, could LA beat Boston? Yeah, that's tough. I, even when LA was looking good, I still mm-hmm. don't know if they could beat Boston. Yeah, totally. So well, maybe Boston takes it easy. Maybe they're in chill mode. Do you remember that one year when the Shanghai Dragons, when Moon was like, "Yeah, our guys are taking it easy now," before yeah, uh, before the season had actually started because they were already in playoffs or they already knew they were going to make it. So yeah. 
maybe they're chilling. But uh, if you do want to pay attention to this final weekend of regular season action within the context of the Overwatch League West division, uh, you'll want to tune in on a Saturday when the Vancouver Titans take on the New York Associate at 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. And then Sunday takes on the Washington Justice at 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on a Sunday. But uh, with that done, let's take a short break before we dive into the fray. back at the weekend that was uh we obviously had the east uh, doing some fun stuff because they're in their sort of play and tourney already uh and then the west still had a weekend uh, two weekends of action but going through the schedule as we would normally poker face beat pantera 3-1 dreamers beat Rhodes. Ba, 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 poker face ba, ba, poker face three one. i'll never remember to pause uh o2 blast <laughs> beats guanja charge 3-1 simpriza gaming beats the dragons 3-1 the Spitfire beat the Valiant 3-1. The Outlaws beat the Eternal 3. Overwatch, the Rain beat the Justice 3 Overwatch. And the Gladiators beat the Excelsior 3 Overwatch. On Sunday, the Dallas Fuel beat Poker Face. Of course, I pause and you don't do it. <laughs> Hongshao Spark 3 Overwatch Dreamers. The Soul Infernal beat Sinfrieza Gaming 3-1. And in what arguably is a pretty solid upset, O2 Blast beats Soul Dynasty 3 Overwatch. Mm-hmm. The Mayhem uh, beat the Boston Uprising 3-2. Uh, the Define, as we already know, beat the Vancouver Titans 3-1. And the San Francisco Shock ended the Vegas Eternal Season 3 Overwatch. That is correct. Vegas is winless. There's nothing they can do about it. Their season is over. That was their last match. Going into this weekend, uh, we have the return to the um, uh, play-ins for the East. So in the East uh, qualifiers or sort of knockouts, um, you've got uh, the Pantera taking on Dreamers, Rhodes taking on Poker Face, Pop, 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 poker face, pop, pop, poker face. Thank you. The Guangzhou Charge taking on the Seoul Dynasty, the Shanghai Dragons taking on Sinpreza Gaming. And then on Sunday, you've got the Fuel taking on the Spark and the Infernal taking on O2 Blast and a couple other matches we'll learn based on the results of the uh, day prior. Uh, out West, however, uh, we still have that one final weekend of action. Uh, you've got, as we already know, the Titans taking on the Excelsior, the Uprising taking on the Gladiators, the Mayhem taking on the Valiant. On Sunday, you've got the Fuel taking on the, or sorry, the Defiant taking on the Justice, the Outlaws taking on the Spitfire, and the Rain taking on the Shock. As far as matches to watch, uh, to me, Vancouver and Toronto, the Gladiators aren't beating Boston. So I think things are locked down. Standings-wise, what does that all mean? Well, Atlanta, Florida, and Houston, they get to book their tickets to Toronto. They're in the playoffs. For them, they get to kick back now. In the playoffs qualification, or play-ins, however you want to call them, are the Uprising, the Titans, the Shock, the Defiant, and the Spitfire. And as we already talked, the Excelsior, Justice, and Gladiators are fighting for two final spots. The Eternal, winless. They're done, and the Valiant 
even though they got two wins, they are done too, though they have one more match to play. Hopefully they play spoiler. That would be exciting. Yeah, the Valiant are going to win. <laughs> Beating Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, we're going to have plans. We're going to have playoffs. The playoffs are in Toronto. Uh, Jordan is going to be there. But we talked about this before we hit record. Is this potentially the end of the Battle of Canada? Save for what happens in the playoffs plans. Is this the end of what we know of the Overwatch League? Like, are the Vegas Eternal done? Well, the Overwatch League Twitter account sure would make me believe so when they tweeted at them saying, thank them for a season. They are not officially done, but uh, they might be. We'll see. Okay, it's it's kind of surreal that we are in such a weird space. Like, I... I was talking with uh, someone else uh, earlier this evening and he was saying how like for him, he's genuinely curious if, if Houston's tapping out because a lot of their uh, promotions like really? uh, outlaws forever, like they have, they have, they're like giving away stuff. They had outlaws forever with every outlaw that had ever been part of the organization really? on the shirt. Like they've had these, these things that sort of indicate that there's a, you know, farewell tour so to speak like a garage sale <laughs> yeah right like here's a successful team who's mm, not entirely sure we know there's a lot of question marks around you know a team like the gladiators all season long like there's all of these things the rumors out there that the league needs to vote on the new deal i mean hey, the way this is going yeah i'll just uh we might have just season six the battle of canada going over and over again we know that like Adam and OEM are, are all in. They'd like to continue. And then um, Vancouver will, will just forget that there was a meeting, you know, uh, voting. <laughs> well, okay. They'll just show up either way. <laughs> I have it on good authority that the Titans are attending meetings again and okay. taking part. So, <laughs> so it'll be the, the Battle of Canada forever. That'll be yeah. Cool. If you're, if you're listening we'll to this to keep our podcast. and you're questioning like, wait, the Titans weren't showing up to meetings. There are questions as to whether or not they were present and if they were, if they were actually paying attention to what might have been taking place. Like we're talking like league executive style stuff. So. Look, guys, I think that friend, what is it? Francisco, Francesco, Francesco, Francesco Aquilini. I think he's secretly like uh, Bruce Wayne. He's, uh, you know, he he's shows up Bruce to the Wayne. meetings, but he's, he's falling asleep at the table because at night, what's he doing? He's a vigilante. If you told me he's like the penguin, I might have, I might have gone with it. <laughs> I mean, hey, that, that kind of makes a little more sense with, uh, you know, Canada hockey. We like the cold, so. Oh, man. Now you'd be Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Good one. Yeah. yeah. What? Oh, gosh. The Batman uh, movie series was, was phenomenal. It gave us all sorts of uh, cool characters. Uh, but back to the league. <laughs> I mean, Omni, you're you think we have a podcast uh, next season to talk about or a league to you have the podcast talk about, or are we pivoting to uh, uh, movies and such? I don't know. Like, I, I guess there will be um, an esports uh, component to overwatch too. Definitely. Your premier but source for overwatch, Valorant. Oh no, no, no. That's no boring. League? Even Dota. more boring, even more boring battle chess. 
Okay, I'm in. That's just straight up chess. <laughs> yeah, now I'm in. If 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 all of this means cheap discounted sale merchandise at grand finals, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm all on board. Um, yeah. I hope all teams bring merch and it's all discounted and I can yeah. get lost. <laughs> so you're going to see it on in Valley village or something like that yeah. down the road. Well, Hey, did you see that someone, uh, got a, a Vancouver Titan signed Jersey from like the OG roster from Valley village. Mm-hmm. And really? then there was, a, there was a part of me that was wondering, did I have one that I might've thrifted? <laughs> That's called uh, mom was cleaning out my closet and didn't know what the shirt was. So I, well, that's the thing is, I don't know if I ever got the, the OG roster signed shirt. I think I have like the OG Titan shirts with like the, the lo- Fanatics logo off to the left or whatever, or not Fanatics logo, the Titans logo because of Fanatics off to the left, like off center. I have, um, uh, I have the signed shirts framed somewhere. <laughs> but um no i like toronto if you follow their organization their publicly traded organization they have to provide quarterly updates and, and business information um in their last quarterly update that uh, was very positive they actually see a sign as to where they're going to have positive i believe positive ebitda um that means before uh, taxes depreciate or, or interest taxes depreciation and amortization uh essentially cash <laughs> Um, Toronto would want this league to continue. I don't think they make that happen without what they have with the defiant. Like, yes, a restructured relationship, which is something Adam has sort of talked about when he joined us uh, a month or so back. But the, the fact remains that Toronto wants this to happen. Do the Titans, it sounds like the Titans are more actively involved this season than they have been in past seasons, which mm-hmm. is a you know a pleasant surprise. But again, we don't know the dynamic as to, to what they're looking and viewing their esports operations as. Uh, but even if the Defiant and the Titans are in, you know, what teams are not? Yeah. And there there are more teams where you could say, yeah, I don't know, than there are teams where you're like, no, they're committed. Like the Defiant are really the only team that I think have continued to talk about next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know of any other team that's been talking about next year. I mean, that's that's fair. Yeah, are I don't know that I'm as plugged into the scene as a lot of other teams as I am with you know Toronto and maybe Vancouver. I think that Florida has had some positive things said about them. Um, I know a, a few weeks back I I posted that uh, on another popular Overwatch League podcast, someone with some insider knowledge did say that uh, Florida as an organization has turned a profit. Um, I don't remember if they said this year was the first time that that has happened or not, but they did say, you know, there is a path to profitability. Um, teams just have to understand that esports is not, you know, the golden goose, at least in the Overwatch League. Um, so I, I could see a team like, you know, Florida sticking around. Um, Houston would be one that I would have thought, though, you know, has the following, has the the community um, and a lot of the sponsorships mm-hmm. as well, right? They're, they're well known to have some good sponsors. So hearing that is, right. is pretty surprising. Um, well, and I'm not, I, I'm not saying that they're out, but like the fact no, that they're, they're having this sort mm-hmm. of promotional campaign with like, you know, outlaws forever. Like the, there's, there's a lot there that you're like, Hmm. Yeah. 
is this it? Is this sort of the last hurrah? And, and let's look at the Dallas Fuel. The Dallas Fuel arguably had a pretty solid community, a, a successful franchise, and they made the decision to move and, their operation to Korea. And one of the best rivalries in the league, probably. Yeah. And they still like, made the decision to move. So, you know, what, what, where where does that sort of fall into this whole entire, you know, league yeah. Equation. I mean, we're, we're speculating. That's what we do. And there's going to be plenty of speculation in the course we do of the best. season. Yeah. Um, but I think it is fair to say that we have doubts. And I don't think I was ever at a point where I was this doubtful in past seasons when Owl well, is Dead was the, the mainstay of the Owl is Dead community. That's because we didn't know about any of uh any of the any deals that the owners True. have to vote after and things like that, right? If we didn't know that, would we still be talking like this? Yeah. Probably not as significantly. There'd still be a little bit because of everything that happened with Chengdu and, of course, um, the East region. They needed region a few weeks to figure East things deal. out. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, you know, I, I think that that definitely casts some doubt. But I think we'd probably be talking more about a a downscaling than than that oh, yeah. necessarily. I, I drink, like if someone were to say, Hey, Chris, the Overwatch League's going to shrink next year. I agree. Yeah. I don't think that would surprise anyone. I, I was just about to ask the question, the question, how many teams do you think it drops to? If let's hypothetically say there is an Overwatch League next year, let's say it is, you know, format aside, we lose X amount of teams. How many teams do you think we lose? How many teams do you think we have in the league next year? Chris is looking at the list saying, these guys are gone. These guys are gone. Yeah. These I'm quickly going, I'm, I'm quickly going through. So I, cause there are a few that I think, yeah, Vegas, they're not coming back. New York, they're not coming back. I, uh, I'm valiant. They're not coming back <laughs> at that point. Like you'd question the validity of the, the geo locations and such. Well, totally. I, think maybe... you, I think what you'll have is an East and a West. Like, so when I was, I was chatting to my, my friend about this, I had said that, I could sort of envision there being eight owl teams left. Hmm. They and not only that grow yeah. with the, the sort of contenders, right. You know, play in to create like a more competitive table. Mm-hmm. And like, and again, I say eight or 10, cause there's, I mean, I'm thinking even, and you'd have teams like four or five in the East, four or five in the West. And then maybe, maybe they organize some tournament once a year that, you know, yeah. it isn't a grand I, finals. It's just a special tournament where, you know, the best, the world the best series come. of overwatch basically. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the most common sense thing like approach would be once the overwatch league is shrinking is bring down that separation between tier one and tier two. What's the point? Mm. Well, okay. So just, if I, this is the thing is if I am a owner who paid big money to get into the league, yes, I got a good portion of that forgiven because of the pandemic and everything that's happened. And there's a new deal as to which I would vote on and embrace. I don't believe I put myself in a position where I'm not given some, some form of advantage mm-hmm. over contenders teams. I feel that you would still have to have separation, mm-hmm. not to suggest contenders. Yeah. Play over well, like advantage like in a, this dying league that like has an, un, not, hey, you know, money uh, talks. I paid good money. And if that doesn't not exist, sustainable anymore, though. like that's the thing, but that, but that's the thing is I've paid good money, whether it's sustainable or not, I've paid good money for this. And if I'm going to commit to this deal, and again, we don't know what the details of the deal happen to be. I believe I should get something of value in return. I've been here from 
day one or day two if you're you know a team like toronto they'll they'll hold their big bag forever the empty bag with all the cash but what i i sort of see happening is what we saw in the east a tier two scene exists but then the tier two scene competes to a point where handful of teams you know three teams four teams whatever happens to be then plays against the overwatch league now i don't like what we know it is today but what what remains of it i don't necessarily Mm -hmm. see a promotion relegation to start but i could see the advantage being you're all seated as part of the promoted group these teams have to play in but then i could see a relegation model exists to encourage tier two to improve and always have the pinnacle of performance at the top. Yeah. I, like I, I could, could I could see something like that happen. Like I think you'll have a tier one and a tier two and the tier one would be like that super league. Like to use like soccer as an example. Yeah. There, you know, there are quote Champions unquote league sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the overwatch league will become. Um, how many teams were there in season one? Was it 12 or was it, was it eight? I think eight. I was going to say, cause it was, it's interesting for me because, you know, I mentioned before that I, I wasn't following the Overwatch League during the first season. It wasn't until partway through season two, even that I got involved, but it was, uh, 12, it was 12. Hey, cause an eight team league does seem small, right? It's, you know, if it's broken well, into regions, you got four and four, everyone's playing. But that's where you have, so you supplement. Oh yeah. And I get that. That's why I'm saying that's where the supplement occurs. Mm -hmm. Right. And it also like when you were asking like, what teams do you think remain? I genuinely don't know what Chinese teams or China based teams remain. Right. Like there's, there's just significant questions there. Mm -hmm. So if I were to look at the East, I think the souls are in, I, I I believe those two teams would remain. I'm not really certain about Dallas. I mean, I don't know unless Dallas sort of, rebrands um you then like like in the west i feel toronto's in i get the sense vancouver would be see and the the problem with me in vancouver is that i think if you were to ask right now if you were to say to baroy and Askoft, is there a future for vancouver in the league i think both of them would probably say yes i wouldn't be surprised at all if they're being kept in the dark though I think (laughs) those decisions, those conversations aren't happening at their level. Exactly. Right. Whereas I think that the responsible thing to do would be involve Baroy in those conversations. And he can, you know, if he wants to communicate what he wants to, to his group, he can or cannot. But I think a, a, an organization like OAM is probably more transparent with, with, well, they have, OAM has to be. That's their business, right? That's what they do. They're not, they're not a traditional sports organization. So, but like what other yeah. what did you are there any other teams here that are operated by a public entity? Boston. Oh, sorry, well, public that, entity. I thought you were gonna say like a, a sports organization. Well, no, like they're like I have shares in OAM. I share shares in <laughs> enthusiast gaming, though I'm now led to believe that doesn't actually mean I'm an owner of the Titans. Yeah. But I have shares of the of overactive media, which means I am an owner of the Defiance. So what I'm hearing here is conflict of interest. We need to kick him off the show. <laughs> Alex, send the void after him. Yeah, it's already out. Okay. Anyhow, again, more to talk about uh, uh, in the off season. London is owned um, by Cloud9, so there's one. Yeah, but Cloud9's not a publicly traded company, oh, they're not? are they? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't think so. 
I, I'm not certain, but I don't like, I, I was thinking like, you know, like craft not wasn't public. Um, that's a private company uh, or at least the sports nine, side of things. Cloud nine esports stocks are not available as the team and company have not been publicly listed. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. Anyhow, they um, see nine their IPO. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, when it comes to esports, like Faze really tried to to make a run at uh, being a publicly traded company. Yeah, right. I think you still can get Faze shares, Faze Clan shares. But um, if the season wraps up as it does, we obviously have uh, much more to talk about as far as play-ins are concerned. The postseason uh, kicks off on September 9th, which uh, again, we'll know who's playing uh, at that point. And then once the play-ins are wrapped up, uh, the playoffs uh, take place thereafter. But yeah, here we are at the end of a show, uh, a little bit under an hour. We actually had matches to talk about. It's amazing when there's only one match for each of the teams and they play each other, how quickly <laughs> things go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you happen to want to tune into past shows, uh, past episodes, we have great interviews with Adam Adam and others. Uh, you can go to readysetphone.com, visit the broken website, look at the widget, click on play on any of the episodes that are there and listen to them. We're obviously in all the podcast applications out there. We are on social media at Ready, Set, Pwn, the ones that count or don't. I don't know anymore which count, but uh, you can find us out there. And as I mentioned at the top, I mentioned last week, and I think the week before, Jordan is going to be at the playoffs. If you wanted to meet someone who is famous, follow Jordan. He will introduce you to them. Oh, great. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. Uh, I, okay. I, I, we had talked about this. I had hoped to, to make it work to, to go to Toronto because for a number of reasons. One, this, I don't think is going to happen as a grand final in Toronto again. Like it, even if it were to have one, it's not going to be Toronto, but years back to back. Like this is an opportunity that's not going to come again soon Two, there is a chance this is it. Right. But it's just difficult to, to, to make that work from a, a financial perspective. When the cost of a hotel room in Toronto uh, is the same amount as uh, what you would pay to uh, buy a house. Like quite literally um, stay in a hotel in Toronto for a weekend. And that's a mortgage payment. It's nuts. <laughs> uh, but uh, what final words of wisdom do y'all have for our listeners this week? See you in uh, season one of the Canadian Overwatch League. The Canadian Overwatch League? Yeah, just Toronto Defiant versus the Vancouver Defi- uh, Titans over and over again. Hmm. Show matches. Something like that. Jordan? Uh, well, as, as I have these past few weeks, um, I have a, a quick game to play with you guys. Hmm. So, I have on my screen here let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's right. Seven heroes from the game Overwatch. And I have two additional. Wait, Overwatch or Overwatch 2? Uh, uh, okay, Overwatch 2. Good point. Good point. No, it is Overwatch 2. And so there's, again, three, four, five, six, seven. And then two bonus ones. I want you to each give me two characters and they have what you would call some, some form of white silver or gray hair. 
Three? Genji Sojourn. Sorry, did you say Genji? Soldier, yes. Anna, and Reinhardt. Okay. Okay. Good job. You guys you guys win the big prize. Sorry, all we had to do is guess which heroes have a color. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but the thing about this though is that the hair palette for players in the game or like characters in the game is so dynamic. Well, I mean, yes, if you're talking about alternate stock, skin, uh, but of course the yeah. canon yeah. skin is the oh, default okay. one. Whatever. That's right. whatever. Now, I don't like this game. It sucks. There there are two characters that I had listed as um, potentially white hair. Do you have any guesses who those might be? Potentially, potentially white? white? One, I, I would probably lean more towards blonde or yellow. That that might give it away, give away that character. But the other one I'm curious to see if you can guess their hair color because it may it may be white. Is it like ash? No, I, I would say ash is, is white. Cracking mm. <laughs> bowl? Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's I, not I, a white I, hamster. I did have him down for a little bit, but I'd say his, his, his <laughs> doesn't quite count. His is fur, not hair. Let's go with that. So the, the yellow blonde is Mercy, of course. I think that's 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 a pretty easy one when you think about it. We oh, it's not white. Yeah, it's just like bright blonde. Yeah, okay, okay. So we're on the same page there then. So then there's one character oh, okay. that I have in mind that, that I had as a, if you get this one, then you're really thinking about it. I can give you is a this, hint if you'd like. Uh, oh, I thought you were you were having like a strategic pause. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it makes for phenomenal times for post-production. I'm sure. The, so the, the hint that I'll give you is this character is a male. Life Weaver? No, I'd say Life Weaver is one of the original ones I had down. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of characters that have white, gray hair. Exactly. That's why I had so many on my screen. I was hoping, I thought you guys might take a little bit more time to get them, but you, you nailed them pretty well. What the, the mystery. Would you like me does to Does it have to be a full head, like with full hair? Well, that's the thing. This one is sort of. like Hanzo, Hanzo, I think, has a little bit of. No, he has some gray white hair, hair on but side. he's mostly, I would say his hair is black. Yeah. Right? This this is the bonus one. This is the one that I would have given to you if you guessed it. But technically speaking, we don't know his hair color. It's Sigma because he's completely bald. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Maybe Doomfist has gone gray. Yeah, okay. A good point. Man. Uh, Considered Doomfist. You're right. Doomfist could have been a bonus one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good good choice. You yeah. bonused my bonus one. Got locked up in it. The yeah, time behind like, bars uh, just bold. It's like, uh, oh, my favorite TV channel is when the TV is off. <laughs> I <sighs> there is, there is a skin of Sigma, the conductor skin, and he definitely has That's like true. gray hair. hair. So, yeah, I thought that was like a Mozart wig kind of thing, isn't it? I didn't think that was. Oh, his it real could be. Hair. It could be. But or, again, we're talking stock skins here. So, what color hair does Echo have? Echo's a robot. Echo doesn't have hair. What are you talking about? She's totally got human personality. Did you not watch? Personality is not hair, Chris. Well, that's not true. Sometimes it is, but. Um, Moon, uh, when he's uh, not busy running a team, probably goes and occasionally gets his uh, hair cut. Do you know how he does it? How? Eclipse it. 
Yeah, I should have done that, <laughs> I suppose. You know, I really thought you were talking about like the Overwatch League coach moon when you first said it. <laughs> well, said I moon. did, but but there's a tie-in. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, that was that's good. That's good. Oh, anyhow. On behalf of Jordan Etzer, Dr. Jan, the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast on the Ed Omni Strife, and myself, Chris Atlight Forrest. Hatchrays! Hatchrays!